when do you start to feel like it's really Christmas? You know, I mean, we, we know the calendar is coming. We know the dates flip, but there, there's a certain point at which you start to actually feel like it's the holidays. Now, yesterday here in Austin, Texas, for those of you watching online or maybe later on, it, it did not exactly feel like Christmas yesterday. We got up into the 80s. It was muggy. It was humid. It, it's, it, it felt like Houston, and there's nothing about Houston that feels like Christmas. <laughs> I tease because I grew up in Houston. I, I love some people dearly who still live there. They haven't yet been delivered, but we're praying for them. But I, I do think that there's a certain point when you start to feel like it's Christmas. I, I, in our household right now, we're halfway there. Our son Joseph got home from college from his first semester this week, and we're halfway there. Emily gets home on Tuesday, and it's, it's starting to feel like Christmas. But I, I remember when I was a kid, there was a definitive moment when Christmas was real. For me as a kid, I, I knew that it was Christmas, and it varied by a day or two, year in and year out. But for us, Christmas became real when my grandparents pulled up in the driveway, when they had made that 100-mile drive from Beaumont to Houston, and I saw that long silver Chevy station wagon that Big Mac drove around Beaumont pull into the, our driveway in Houston, and I knew it was Christmas time. I, I knew that there were presents packing the back of the, the station wagon. I knew that my grandmother, Mimi, was going to get out of the car, and she was going to have trays of food mounds of chocolate chip cookies that she had been baking for days, and, and, and there was always one tin that, that had cheese straws in it. And I remember asking, where are the cheese straws? Because you need to stay away from the cheese straws when you're a kid. Now, if you make cheese straws, I'm sure yours are great. I hated cheese straws as a child. The only thing worse than cheese straws was fruitcake, and everybody knew where the fruitcake was because that was the heaviest bag that she brought in. But when my grandparents got to Houston, Christmas became real for us as a kid. And, and I don't know where you are today, and I don't even know really if, if Christmas will become real for you. But I do know this. Christmas is real. Christmas, God with us. The word Noel means in French, the Christmas season. That it is that time of year where we pause and we acknowledge and we honor the fact that God became man. That God became God with us. And I think that Christmas is an incredible, incredible moment. As you've heard my wife Julie say many, many times, if you've been around here any amount of time at all, we kind of think Christmas is a big deal. And in our household... Christmas kind of grows annually. I know that I'm pulling a lot more Christmas decorations out of the attic now than I was five years ago or 10 years ago or 15 years ago or a year ago. It's really an interesting dynamic in our household. But I've noticed that whenever Christmas becomes real for you or whatever it means to you, the reality is that Christmas crystallizes the rest of the year. Whatever has been gets brought to the surface. It crystallizes what maybe has kind of been 
laying around. I, I thought about Christmas candy. How many of you make Christmas desserts or candy this time of year? Let me just see a show of hands for the bakers in the crowd. Every one of you is now eligible for spiritual leadership at Lake Hills Church. But, but one of the things that I, I know just a very little bit about cooking and baking, that when you, when you put liquid sugar in, in the bottom of a pan, it's very, very hot and you have to be careful. But, but over time, that, that liquid sugar that comes off of the stove piping hot will start to cool. And, and, and as it cools, it crystallizes. The flavors and the sugars and the colors that were there all the time in the melting pot. And once it crystallizes, then you can break me off a piece of that. And you, you can start to really enjoy. And I think that the Christmas season is exactly like that. It crystallizes what is percolating and bubbling up all year long. Good, bad, or ugly, it crystallizes. And that's where we are as a church family right now. Now, I know in a, in a room this size, some of us, maybe you're here for the first time, and you're, you're a guest today, and we are honored beyond words that you would choose to spend part of your Christmas time with us. And we want to let you know exactly who we are. We, we're just a hospital full of sinners. We, we've adopted a saying that my pastor growing up in Houston used to say all the time, he said, if you ever find a perfect church, don't join it because you'll mess it up. <laughs> There's a lot of wisdom in that. The church, by definition, is imperfect. The church is people. People called together. Now, the word church is an interesting word. It, it means a called out body, a called out group of people. It originally was not used in a religious sense. It was originally used in a, in a civic sense, that, that there was a group of people called out to discuss and debate the matters of the day, but the church adopted the word. It comes from the original Greek word ekklesia. That's where we get that word, and, and it meant a called-out body. So there is the church capital C, but there's also the church local C, small c church, the individual expressions of faith and vision and calling. And Lake Hills Church is one of those small C churches. Now, let me be very quick to say, just because it's small C doesn't mean it's not a big deal. It is a huge deal to be a part of the local church. As a matter of fact, the Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter number 3, this. It says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power, that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. That passage of scripture is a great one. If you're looking for something to kind of spiritually metabolize and have at your disposal, that's a great place to begin. As a matter of fact, that same verse is actually etched in stone in our entryway. You walk by it every single week that you come in here because that's really the essence of who we are as a church family. That's our, our anchor, our cornerstone scripture as a church. Because to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine is the greatest description of God that I can find. He can do more than anything you could even conceive of. 
one of this morning, how many of you have ever taken a retreat at work or, or you've gone somewhere to, to have a, a vision and values kind of a retreat and you're going to sit around and, and do trust exercises and drills and talk about the future and the vision of the company and those sort of things. When you get away, and, I, and I'm not denigrating those things, they, they can be incredibly productive or not, but, but they happen. And so when, when they are productive and you walk away from those and, and, a, and a group of people comes around something and they're energized by a vision and a hope for what could be and they put their nose to the grindstone and lean into it with everything that they've got, great things can happen. But Ephesians chapter 3 tells us that whatever you and I could dream up or conceive of or ask or even imagine, God in his infinite wisdom, in his godness, in his, in his power, looks at our dreams, our imaginings, and, and says, oh, that is so cute. That, that, is, that is a sweet dream that you have right there. And, and that's great. But let me show you what I want to do. Let, let, me, let me show you what's possible to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine. To him be glory in Christ Jesus in the church. The church. The bride of Christ. The body of Christ for which Jesus died to establish. Now there are a lot of great organizations in the world. Some of them we partner with as a church. This past week, I had the incredible privilege to tour the Mobile Loaves and Fishes Community First community here in Austin that is providing transitional housing out of homelessness and creating a sustainable community around the chronically poor and the homeless here in Austin. You and I as a church family are deeply committed to this effort. As a church, we support that project month in and month out. And to see it actually coming up out of the dirt and lives being touched and changed, walking around out there, you, you, it's unbelievable to see these micro-homes that are being built to provide housing for the poor. That, that people actually can come in out of the elements. And, and as you walk around, you go, man, that's, that's, that's a home where there previously was none. And all of a sudden, you hear roosters and, and chickens clucking, and you're thinking, man, could be lunchtime, and they're like, no, 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 those are for the eggs. It's an incredible, incredible thing. But that is happening because the church is bonding together. The church is partnering and making a difference in our community and bringing renewal and hope and transformation. To him be glory in the church through all generations, all generations. As a church family, we have bitten off the calling of God to be a church committed, a church of all generations, committed to raising up the next generation. The thing that I love about that calling from God is that that's everybody. How many of you in here today are under the age of 40? Just raise your hand if you're 40 or under, 40 or under. Now, raise your hand if you are 40 or over. Show of hands. That's pretty much everybody. <laughs> if you just raise your hand in either one of those categories, you have a part to play around here. There's a place for you here. That's 
who we are. That's who God's called us to be. And it calls out of us a certain something. It calls out of us a commitment. The exciting thing for those of us who have been around here for a while, Lake Hills Church is a little over 18 years old. And this has always been our heartbeat. I want to share with you briefly one story that I think captures this whole idea. When we were still meeting in an elementary school cafetorium, we had a number of college students. And there was a group of these college students, a group of girls who were all friends who started coming to church here. And Julie, my wife, kind of started doing, not kind of, she did, started doing a Bible study and mentoring and discipling these girls in our home. And I will never forget it. We were in the, the throes of not necessarily childbirth, but church birth. I mean, it was a full court press. And Julie came to me and she says, Mac, I want to I do a Bible study with these girls. I said, honey, that's great. I said, where are you going to do it? When are you? She said, well, I want to do it in our house at 8.30 on Tuesday nights. Now, I didn't think she had been drinking at this point. But I can remember thinking, you must be out your mind. You're starting. Now, you got to understand something, too, about not just me, but my wife, especially. Julie, I mean, if she's going to be awake past 9.15, it's got to be a great reason. And yet she was going to start this because that was what worked with that group of girls. Well, that group of girls... God did something really, really phenomenal, and there are a number of them who still live here in Austin who are still a part of our church, and the group of girls who started out in college, graduated, some of them moved away and came back, some of them did different things, they've, they've gotten married, they've, they've got kids of their own now. That group of girls that were babysitting our kids now have kids that age of their own. And recently, we had an opportunity just to sit them down and show them some pictures that go back and hear their story just a very little bit. Take a look at this. Got involved in the children's ministry and all of that. So, yeah. I just remember you and your tubs. Like, you'd come in the Theta house with all of your, that's your coloring pages yes, and your everything. Oh, <laughs> that's awesome. Mobile church. That's so fun. Yeah, right? setting yeah. up the walls yeah. and doing that, all of that. Yes. Look, oh, yeah. Kevin, there's a picture oh, of him setting gosh. it up. Every single, yeah, Vaughn, Matt, and Kevin, and so many other guys. Setting up. Yeah. Yeah. My name is Ashley Horn, and I am married to Matt Horn. We have three children, Brayden, who's eight, Logan, who's five, and Hadley, who's three, almost four. So I'm Meredith Stanford, and I'm married to Vaughn, and we have Morgan, Colton, Griffin, and Hudson, and they're 11, 9, 7, and 5. And I'm Sarah Watson, married to Mike, or Michael, as I call him. Um, and I have three children, Olivia, Towns, and Mayer, five, three, and just turned one. So I was first invited by, to Lake Hills by a friend, and I was a sophomore. I was excited to try this church out. I knew I wanted to find a church home that was different from what I grew up in. Loved the community, the small little community. We met in Valley View at the time. It was a year old. So I was invited to church um, the same way by a friend at school and in college, and she invited me to come. I believe I came, you know, one Sunday, and 
at Valley View Elementary was listen to Mac. It was great. It was awesome. Um, a lot of young college kids that, I mean, just yeah. great energy, a lot like we have today, and kind of went and volunteered that next Sunday and just was all in. So I was invited by college friends, Ashley, and others, I think, that were already going, and I think going into Lake Hills, it's just a magnetic place, and you immediately feel connected, and um, all of the students that were there, as well as the young families that were there, it just drew me in, and obviously being in college away from family, it had that environment to yeah. make it feel like home yeah. and welcome, mm -hmm. and I think the music was so on my level. I'd never been in church and heard music yeah. and worship yeah. in right. that way. It's overwhelming to me. I just get so filled up with just joy and just how awesome it is that we got to be a part of this. We get to be a part of this. Mm -hmm. um, I wish everybody could see where we started from, like we've seen. Like how blessed are we to oh, get yeah. to be a part of something that's grown so good and so big for His glory. And it's just so fun, not even just the numbers, but the life change. Oh, how yeah. as we start with, you know, us being college students, going to church, to, um, to tearing it down and setting up for children's ministry, to having our children be a part of, you know, what's going on, um, and grazing them in the church, which I mean, in college, I didn't even think about any of that, mm -hmm. but yet God did, and He thought about all of it for us. Yeah, our lives have evolved in capacities that we can serve or participate. Yes. You know, uh -huh. with children or with other activities, things that you know tie up our time or carpool. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> um, so, so for my family right now, honestly, a way that we. We, it's easy for us to keep church a priority every Sunday is because the place we are with our young children, it's, it's a break for us and um, for my husband and I and just a place for us to come and really just be able to take a deep breath and get fed and, and know that our children are in a safe place and I don't worry about them and they're, they're getting loved on but they're also learning and, and growing their relationship with the Lord, um, just like we get to. I love watching my kids get involved in the church and be a part of, um, you know, what's going on. We all serve together at the 930 service, and so it's been fun to be a part of that, and even though they don't even fully understand what they're a part of, you know, it's just kind of setting that um, foundation in their lives to serve. You know, and to see that no matter what age you are, you can always serve somebody younger. There's always going to be somebody younger that you can help or serve um, and be a part of. So, as a parent um, and in a marriage, Mac and Julie have shaped through God what it is today and how I parent. And the church has been the foundation to how we do everything in our home mm -hmm. by God's leading. I love how when I think back to how it all started, it started with that one invitation that my friend in college stepped out and asked me to come to church that I wasn't even thinking about and how that's rippled out through my whole life. It's changed my whole life. That's how it happens. That, that's. That's how it happens is one person touching another person and seeing God do that one life at a time. 